This is the Cardinals Insiders Podcast presented by AZ Central Sports. Download the Cardinals Extra app on iTunes or Google Play to get the latest episodes, as well as in-depth coverage from our entire team all season long. there people just bear with us for another week and a half and we will get to the games that count for now we're here to fulfill your preseason football dreams so let's kick off this week with one more edition of useless stats the cardinals dominated the cowboys 27 to 3 on sunday night football in dallas moving their preseason record to a perfect three and oh so we'll just get the bad out of the way first before focusing on all the good in this one Uh, Not much going on on offense at all in this one. Quarterback Sam Bradford was just 1 of 4 for 6 yards, and backup Mike Glennon, 8 of 10 for just 35 yards. Uh, TJ Logan flashed with a 59-yard touchdown run. That gave him 86 total yards on 6 carries. Chase Edmonds added 55 yards on 11 carries, so he's certainly looking like he's established himself as the number 2 running back behind David Johnson, who, by the way, did not play in this game. Uh, As you can tell by the quarterback numbers, the receivers did nothing in this game. Bryce Butler made his first appearance, two catches, 17 yards. Greg Little had a catch for four yards, and Christian Kirk, he had the rarely seen stat line of two catches for one yard. Uh, The defense, though, shined again with this one, staggering eight takeaways. Patrick Peterson looked fantastic with a pick six and a forced fumble. Buda Baker had an interception in the end zone that negated a scoring chance. Uh, Daniel Buchanan had a team-high five tackles with a sack. But the player of this game, Fontarius Dora, three sacks, including a strip sack, terrorizing the Cowboys' backups all night. We're going to talk with insider Bob McManaman in a second to find out who exactly Fontarius Dora is. Uh, We'll get some thoughts on the running back situation as well as the wide receiver situation. We'll give you the reason that you've been looking forward to actually watch the final preseason game on Thursday night. We'll also be joined by columnist Kent Summers, who will talk a bit about John McCain's impact on the Cardinals and his thoughts on the Cardinals' dress rehearsal game and the soon-to-come final 53-man roster. So I think that's enough of my voice for this week. Let's go ahead and get into it with our insiders. All right, joined now by esteemed Cardinals insider Bob McManaman. So let's just go ahead and dive right into it. The buzz is out there, Bob, and the people have to know, do the Cardinals have the best preseason defense of all time? (laughs) I don't know if I remember anybody's preseason defense, let alone the Cardinals from last year, what it looked like. So, no. I just know that 18 turnovers or 16 turnovers or 168, whatever it is, is is impressive, and yet it's the preseason, so it means absolutely nothing. I will say this. I asked Coach Wilkes after the Cowboys game, um, you know, it all dials back to zero after this preseason is over. Uh, so, what does it mean that you're you, you that you have 16 turnovers now? How can it matter at all once the season starts? He goes, well, it, it's a growing motivational thing that uh, these guys know what they're capable of doing. This many turnovers means we can do this in the regular season when it counts, and that it even though it dials back to zero, that they believe that they can still do this. So, for take that for what it's worth, they still they still have to do it. But I guess the fact that they believe that they can do it is something. Yeah, and obviously we have to put in the uh, caveat that they haven't faced any starting quarterbacks yet in any of the three games. Uh, Rivers, Breeze, and Prescott all sat out. Um, But we'll just focus on this Dallas game for this week. Um, 
One guy that flashed was obviously Vontarius Dora, a guy most people probably have never heard of before Sunday night. He had three sacks and had Chris Collinsworth gushing about him all night. So fill us in if you can on who this Dora kid is and if he has a chance of making the final team. He was on the practice squad last year for quite a bit of the season. And look, considering the depth issues they have at defensive line and linebacker, anybody that makes splash plays in the preseason is getting extra looks. And this kid is no different. Um, He had three sacks in Sunday night's game and has caused turnovers with sack and fumbles. Um, The fact that he's running as low as he is on the depth chart, well, low, I say low, there's a lot of people he's competing with. And Benson Mayawa, in my opinion, is going to end up getting the starting job. But when Golden comes back, Marcus Golden, of course, at uh, it'll be his job. And then, then you wonder about Dora. Does he get cut and then re- re-sign to the practice squad? That This team used to love keeping a lot of defensive linemen. It doesn't have the privilege now because it plays so much nickel zone coverage where the secondary players, uh, defensive backs, uh, become more important in a 4-3 defense in many respects. So Dora, to me, wins a job. How long he keeps it is a, is a question, but as long as he keeps making plays, you, you, it's hard to cut. Same thing with a Cap Cappy, who who keeps surprising and doing it. He, he's done it the last two years and hasn't been able to find a permanent home. Has he done it here? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're not alone in making plays. You talked about all the turnovers, and I feel like we ask this question every week, but I'll just ask it again anyway. Okay. How how much of it is the scheme and the aggression and all that, and how much is it playing against just backups and guys that might not make the team on the other side of the ball? Well, I mean, backups, you know, don't always fumble or throw interceptions, but I think it's the scheme, it's the coaching, and it's the players. The players are taking what they're learning from this particular coaching staff, which has put a definitive emphasis on stripping the ball, taking it away, uh, stepping in front of routes. The zone coverage for secondary defensive backs allows them to make more plays on the ball, believe it or not. Uh, and I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing them exercise what they're being taught in the classroom and and no, at no co- at whatever cost going to get the ball. And, and they're doing a great job of it, better than anybody else in the league at the moment. Again, it, does it mean anything? I, I think it does. Uh, you'd rather have it th- this than the alternative where, where they're turning over the ball 18 times. And I'll tell you what, Ryan, if that were the case, everybody and their mother would be out screaming about how bad the Cardinals are. If it was turnovers on offense, and they had 16 of them, yeah, yeah, it, you're right about it, that. And so I think it's only fair that the defense and special teams, who has also contributed on the takeaways, get their fair share of credit because it would be horrible if it was the other way around. Yeah, we'll just have to see what happens when the games start to actually mean something. But right. obviously, right now it's pretty eye popping and impressive um, just to see those numbers. I mean, those are numbers that are almost impossible to get even in video games. So uh, it's been pretty. Uh, Impressive to watch. Um, also in that game, the Cardinals, though, they lost running back D.J. Foster to a torn ACL. Uh, something, obviously, you hate to see for a local kid who showed some promise. But in instead, we both saw, as you already mentioned, Chase Edmonds, D.J. Logan shining against the Cowboys. It would appear that this team's best offensive group as a whole is the running backs, no? Uh, I don't know. I like their safeties, and I like their cornerbacks. Uh, I like their offensive line. I think the quarterbacks, if they stay healthy, can be good, too. But the running backs, you're right. Losing D.J. Foster is a blow. However, 
the depth there is pretty good. And uh, I wasn't so sure that DJ was going to make this roster had he been healthy uh, because of that depth and because they're adding a, a, a fullback into the mix. Now, with DJ gone, it, it, it opens up a spot, I think, for Elijah Penny, who's a running back turned fullback, uh, who can who can do both services. I think that helps him make this team. Will they keep four? Will they keep five? It remains to be seen, but um, I think the, the, the running backs are extremely stout. Obviously, when you have David Johnson, you don't really worry about who's behind it, but in this case, you've got two young players um, and Logan and in Edmonds who can make plays on every down, not just third down. And you'll see, and we've seen it in preseason, that Chase Edmonds will get his share of starting series uh, once the season begins. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Logan gets his share of carries as well as a primary back. Uh, that's nothing about resting David. David's going to get plenty of action. He'll be completely happy with that, happier more if he gets a contract extension, when I, which I do see coming in the, in the coming days, by the way. Before week three, I think he'll have a new deal. Is that uh, just your intuition, or are you hearing some rumblings out there? Making some calls, making some calls. There you go. It's uh, it's shaping up that now that Steve Kime is back, there can be more extreme negotiating going on. Um, that, I believe, is taking place now. All right, well, that'd be great for the Cardinals. Obviously, they could use all the offensive weapons they can get because we also saw a lot of drops from Cardinals wide receivers in this game in Dallas and didn't really see anyone step up and claim that number two spot, so... Is it officially time to be worried about the pass catchers? I I don't know worried. I, I think there's strength in numbers, even if a lot of them haven't shown it. But if they don't start showing it, and there was two games now where the passing game just never got untracked at all. So it's hard to make hard evaluations when you don't have any kind of a passing uh, rhythm going. Now, you, you mentioned the drops. That hurts. That's a negative against all the guys that dropped them. Um and the only one who, who did drop a pass that I'm sure will make this team was a tight end, Ricky Seals-Jones. Here's what we need to keep in mind. Even though that maybe number two and three and four receivers hasn't been defined, I think you can go ahead and give it to Christian Kirk, one of those spots. I think it's a safe bet. Chad Williams will, will be third at the very least. Uh, that... When we look at the big picture here, the top receivers on this team will be in order Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson, and more than likely not Ricky Seals-Jones. That's You would assume where the numbers are going to come from. But Christian Kirk is a, is a, a big dynamo in the equation in that if he gets playing time and, starts, and, it, and, and it pays off for him, you could see him take a lot more snaps and be much more involved in the offense. Same with Chad, Chad Williams. But beyond them, you're right, nobody stepped up. And that's going to be a very difficult answer for them when it comes to cuts. And Mike McCoy, the offensive coordinator, mentioned that several times when he talked to us last week. And speaking of cuts, uh, we talked about the passing game. Uh, Mike Glennon didn't really show a whole lot to say that, you know, we have to keep this guy. So Josh Rosen obviously didn't play because he was hurt and had the injured thumb, but I don't think it's anything serious. So do you see them holding on to three quarterbacks or do you see them going two quarterbacks and maybe keeping some extra guys at defensive end like we talked about or wide receiver? In a perfect world, they, they'd love to keep extra players. But you have to look at recent history on this Cardinals team and realize how many times in the last three, four years did they end up getting stuck with their third quarterback starting games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to keep three quarterbacks. 
especially when you have a rookie and you have a starter like Sam Bradford who is injured uh, throughout much of his career, you know, an injury situation waiting to happen throughout most of his career. They got Mike Glennon for a reason. It was for insurance, and and I don't think they cut insurance anytime soon. You know, I think they'll try, they they probably try to keep Chad Kanoff on their practice squad if he gets through mm-hmm. waivers, and I'm not sure he will. Really, you think he's been that impressive? You think other teams will I, want him? Yes. I think I everybody wants a quarterback, and the problem is if you sign a guy off a practice squad. I'm not saying he's going there, but that's where I see him ending up. You have to expose him, and even if you do land him on your practice squad, a team can come and just snatch him away, but they have to put him on their active roster. Yeah. Once you see a couple quarterbacks go down in the regular season, you'll see those guys get snatched up. It happens every year. Yeah, that's true, and they are going to have to expose him quite a bit coming up on Thursday, so let's look ahead a little bit to this right. final preseason game. It's mostly a throwaway game, at least in the uh, eyes of fans, but uh, what kind of storylines will you have your eye on Thursday night at home against the Broncos. I think it's just all the bubble players, the younger guys are going to get most of the work. But if Josh Rosen plays in this game, and I think he should um, for however long, he needs to get out there and get some more timing down. That's number one because he's the most important player, I'm, I think, that, that could get into this game. I don't think you'll see any starters, uh, offense or defensive line or – primary players there'll be certain guys who are among the group of starters who might be asked to play because maybe they've been injured and missed time um uh bryce butler i don't want to call a starter but a guy like that could be uh, greg little a receiver trying to make this team there's some veteran guys usually you don't see play but when you're fighting for spots to make the team you'll see them i think it's the bubble guys though really beyond those players that you know, who's the 51st, 52nd, 53rd player? Uh, special teams, nobody probably even watches it during the regular season. It's huge for this team. And Wilkes has always said, if you want to impress me, impress me on special teams. Well, you can make a club on special teams and then bide your time until you can work yourself up a depth chart. Um, and that's what a preseason finale is about in many coaches' eyes. And, it, and that's what I usually look at. Okay, well, I already saw a tweet today that said uh... – Broncos coach Van Joseph said that they're going to sit 22 players in this game against the Cardinals. So Cardinals will sit 22 also, but they may not be starters. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a rough one. So, I mean, Godspeed to you, Bob McMahon. I mean, I hope that you can stay awake throughout the whole thing and bring us that awesome coverage for one more preseason week before we get this thing started again. Um, oh, pressure's on. Yeah, it, it's always on with me. You know that. Come on. All right, thanks so much for joining us, Bob. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at AZBobbyMack. He'll have all of the... Uh, preseason game number four stats for you also have the uh, cuts as they come in from us after that so thanks again bob and we'll talk to you later thanks ryan okay columnist kent summers joins us now fresh off of a cardinals practice let's get going quickly because i know you're battling an illness today so thanks for uh, fighting the good fight and coming on to talk with me here kent oh just uh, got the uh, the head cold and chest cold sounds like i've been in las vegas for the weekend yeah it didn't don't sound which I, bad. I was not I like it. It's a little sultry. I kind of like it, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, uh, before we talk about some on-field stuff, I just wanted to uh, touch on a column you just wrote about uh, the relationship between Arizona sports and the late John McCain. So if you could just kind of encapsulate what he meant to sports teams in this state. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, an avid fan of all the teams. Uh, he was always, when, when I saw him, um, you know, dealing with the Cardinals, he was always 
seemed very excited to, uh, even if it was a nothing practice and training camp in August, uh, players would come over to him, especially, you know, he and Larry Fitzgerald had become close over the last four or five years. Carson Palmer came over and talked to him a year ago when he dropped by. David Johnson, um, you know, we all saw him, those of us who were around saw him in the 2001 World Series when the Diamondbacks won it. Um, I was reminded yesterday by Jerry Colangelo that he took the team, um, uh, McCain did, accompanied the team to ground zero um, that weekend. And talked to Shane Doan yesterday who said it wasn't uncommon for McCain to call him after games to talk about the game. I mean, not a lot, but just occasionally. So he really was a, a huge fan and knew not only not only the stars, but, you know, really, really all the all the players. And specifically, he seemed to have a pretty strong relationship with Larry Fitzgerald. Um, why was their bond above seemingly all the other athletes here so strong? I don't know. It's very interesting. I, I think part of it has to do with, um, you know, Larry's a very curious guy and asks a lot of questions and wants to know a lot about people's lives. And I'm sure, you know, the senator found that um, intriguing. Larry has, you know, traveled the world and, and sort of has a world view. And obviously McCain uh, did too. Let me take a glass of drink of water here. Feel free. We'll wait. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> so they had some common interests there. So I think it was it was that. Uh, I think Larry liked to pick the senator's brain. And even though Larry's not a real political guy, you know, he went to Washington a few years ago to talk <clears throat> to some congressmen and senators about issues that were important to him and you know, McCain took him around and, and gave him a sort of behind the scenes uh, tour. And, you know, just from that relationship, they became very close. Yeah. And I just saw that he's scheduled to uh, speak at McCain's funeral on Thursday before the game against the Broncos. Um, did you see the reports that Cardinals president Michael Bidwell is a candidate possibly to replace McCain in the Senate? I did. I did see or hear about that. I think the Wall Street Journal named him as one of six possible candidates and you know it, whenever whenever senator mccain visited he was in accompanied by michael bidwell who's donated to a lot of republican causes and michael bidwell's also close with governor ducey so you know that name really didn't come out of out of left field to mix in a baseball metaphor do you uh do you know if there's uh politics as an area of interest to bidwell in the future if maybe this is an avenue he might actually pursue I'm not sure. I've never asked him that if he, you know, he, he, before he joined the Cardinals, he was, uh, you know, a U.S. attorney uh, prosecuting cases mostly, you know, on uh, American, uh, Native American reservations. Um, and I know, as I said before, he's been active in uh, political causes, especially Republican causes and, and a lot of movements that he views as pro-business uh, and, and building business in Arizona and attracting businesses, et cetera. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's intrigued. Um, you know, I, I don't know if if he's that intrigued that he, that he would take it. Uh, it would obviously raise a ton of questions about who would run the Cardinals then because, you know, while some of his siblings are involved, there's not a clear-cut uh, person after Michael Bidwell who would say, okay, he, he can step over while Michael Bidwell c- completes Senator McCain's t- uh, term. Yeah, I mean, this area is way beyond my jurisdiction, so it just seemed interesting to me. Um, it would obviously have a lot of weird implications on the Cardinals if that happened, but um, like you said, it was 
a name among a lot of names, so it's not exactly like set in stone or anything like that. Not even close. So right, um, it'd be fun to it'd be fun to ask him. I'd love to bump into him at the the game Thursday night and and uh, and see what he what his response would be. I guess we'll have to wait and see. That'd be cool if he could. Um, yeah. Back to the field real quick um, with the preseason almost complete and these uh, roster cuts looming. How do you see the final 53-man roster shaking out? Any surprising cuts or surprising guys that make the squad? You know, there usually are uh, one or two uh, for sure. You know, I think how the receiver position shakes out will be very interesting. Um, I think a surprise there could be Bryce Butler, you know, a guy they signed in free agency from the Cowboys. I, you know, haven't been all that impressed um, if I remember right, you know, last Sunday against Dallas, he looked like he was further down the depth chart than we all thought. He he wasn't in the game right away, and that was a game Larry Fitzgerald uh, didn't play. So I think, you know, I think someone like that could be um, a, a surprise. Um, you know, defensively, how the whole cornerback situation shakes out opposite Patrick Peterson. I think, you know, I think Jamar Taylor will be the starter there. But, you know, Benet Benwickery has been very impressive. Um, I don't think that rookie Chris Campbell has done a whole lot, but I would imagine they'd hang on to him. And, and Brandon Williams, a, a third-round pick three years ago, I think he's in real trouble. Um, he missed last week's game with an ankle injury and and uh, didn't practice on Tuesday. So, you know, he's not helping himself. And one last question for you here before you can uh, get off, go rest, heal up. Um, where do the Cardinals need the most outside help? I guess, in other words, which positions will they be focused on as other teams make their cuts? That's a really good question. I don't think they're an especially deep team, so I think they'll look for help uh, all over. I think inside linebacker is a spot where they could, you know, look for help outside of, you know, Josh Bynes and Dale Buchanan. You know, you you've got backups like. Scooby Wright the third and Gerald Hodges and Edmund Robinson and you know nobody really um, leaps out um, at that spot. They're they're banged up on the defensive line with three tackles who are still out. Corey Peters, Kim DJ, and uh, Olson Pierre. I think they could look for help there. Although I think those guys will be back. And I think defensive ends um, because Steve Wilkes told us on Tuesday it's far from guaranteed that Marcus Golden will be ready by the start of the season. And if if he remains on the physically unable to perform list, then he's got to miss the first six games. So, you know, the problem is at, at pass rusher, you know, teams aren't cutting those guys. And the problem at inside linebacker is those guys have a lot of responsibility in this defense. And I think it'd be, be pretty difficult for a guy to come in here and pick that up really quickly. And, and as always, I think they could use depth on the offensive line. And, and you know, I, I think they're still pretty thin at, at tight end. Well, it doesn't sound all that surprising why a lot of people are picking them to finish around last in the NFC West since they're, he just named off yeah, I think, that, every you position. Know, that, I still, and we, and we kind of covered this last week, I just don't see them, though, it being as bad as a four-win team or even a five-win team. I mean, I think you've got to be pretty bad in the league to do that. I, To me, if it, unless they are hit by catastrophic injuries, I think it's a team that will hover around 500. I, I see more of that kind of talent in this lineup. Well, we've got only one more just completely terrible football game to go until the games start counting, so we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see what the uh, we'll final roster be, looks we'll, like. We'll all be very happy Friday morning when the preseason is over. Yes, I know I will be, and I'll be looking forward to Washington Week 1 at University of Phoenix Stadium. So until then, thanks for taking the time to talk to me again today, Kent. Uh, go ahead and lay down, rest up, drink more water. 
Um, to everyone out there, you can follow Kent on Twitter at Kent Summers. He's always a good follow. Take it easy and get better, Kent. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you for listening to the Cardinals Insiders Podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're using and download the Cardinals Extra app on iTunes or Google Play to stay connected throughout the season.